you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 2017 Pro Bowl vote is here. It's time to vote for the NFL's best players to earn their spot at Pro Bowl, where the best meets the next. Help your favorite player earn a coveted spot on the Pro Bowl roster. Vote today at NFL.com slash Pro Bowl vote. And now, move the sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. What's up, everybody? DJ Bucky here back on Move the Sticks. And Buck got a nice, uh, nice guest. Big guest. Today. Big time guest. Lamar Woodley, huh? who, who, by the way, I, I, I've told him this when we've done TV before, but I, I've scouted him. I went into Michigan when he was there. Oh, yeah? I have, I have your scouting <laughs> report. I'm going to get to it in just a minute. Oh, that'd be yeah, because nice. you said you are going to get it for me. I'm going to get it for you. I'm just uh, going to read good. the good parts, though. I'm not, I'm yeah, gonna, I'm you, get it you can read the out. negative, though. I'm good with that. I want to hear the negative, too. Okay, we'll give you the whole, we'll give right, you the cool. whole deal. Perfect, perfect. All right, before, before we get into that, we got plenty of ground we're going to cover today, too. We're going to preview these NFL games. We're going to look at the college football weekend. I want to talk about your new show that you've got coming up on NFL Network next week. But before we do that, just how proud are you as a Michigan man? I mean, we hear it from Rich. We see Rich eyes in the hall. <laughs> it's like, oh, we're back. You know, are you are you all in now, Jim Harbaugh? Hey, I'm I'm, I'm very proud of it because uh, you know my last year at Michigan, uh, you know, we were ranked number two. Ohio State was one and two, and we lost to Ohio State, so we didn't finish that strong. And now to see another team is coming up and having a chance to compete for a national championship is great, and it's a lot of excitement in Ann Arbor. You know, I mean, definitely with the two great brands, with the uh, Jordan brand and Michigan, I'm a part of both of those. Oh, okay. And uh, <laughs> that that coming together this year and, and all the great things happening on the football field. So I'm excited about it. I'm excited. And then speaking of being excited about it, so obviously that big game at the end of the year, not the Big Ten championship game, but that, that game with your rival, how big is that? Because I finally had an opportunity to witness that a couple of years ago, and I didn't know that the rivalry was that intense between fan bases. Right. What is it like going into a game like that? It's big when both teams are winning. 
So the last couple of years, it had, the excitement hasn't really been there as much because that game is at the end of the year because you're expecting that to be the Big Ten championship. You expect for Ohio State to have zero losses, Michigan to have zero losses, or at least to have a chance to compete for the uh, Big Ten championship. So for the last few years, Michigan, we really haven't been there. But now the excitement is back building up because the way we're playing, the way Ohio State is playing. So now the excitement is going to be there all week long like it used to be for years. Does it mean a lot to you, though, that they've kind of gone back in the, in time, the way they're playing now. This is a physical smash mouth team. Rich Rod came in there, wasn't a great fit. You know, it's a lot of that spread stuff. Now you're seeing with Jim Harbaugh, they've kind of gone back to being a line of scrimmage football team. Yeah, they're getting back playing, playing hard nosed football. You know, and, and Rich Rod, you know, I was I was cool with Rich Rod, so nothing negative to say him him or uh, Coach Hope. But you know, just having you know having Coach Harbaugh there and the things he's doing. He's a Michigan guy. He's from Michigan. You know, so he know what it's all about. Kind of bringing like that Bo Schembechler feel. Uh, uh, back back there and he's just playing a hard-nosed football and I think players are excited to come back and play at Michigan and getting the Michigan fans excited and we're going out there getting it done so all the stuff in the off, in the off season that Harbaugh was doing and causing all this stuff everywhere and everybody said well, we hope he do something on the football field he's getting it done now but now we just have to finish strong all right are you ready you ready for this report yeah, I'm ready for I'm, it. It's too, I'm not going to read the whole thing. It's too long. I'm going to read you chunks. I do want to hit a negative, too. I'm going to give you some. All, All right. right. Three-year starter for the Wolverines, played outside linebacker last season, also spent the uh, spent this year starting DN. He's also reduced some inside and sub packages. Height deficient, uh, pass rush specialist. <laughs> As a rusher, natural leverage, quick get off, strong hands, best move ability, start wide, press out, dip under, has enough strength to bowl the lesser OTs. Hey. But he stalled out against Notre Dame and Wisconsin. Do so you remember those games? All anyways, uh, he, da, 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 yeah. perfect record against running backs. Powers right through them for sacks. Effort is outstanding. Doesn't quit. Has a few hustle pressures when coverage holds up. Uh, run defender needs improvement. Um, he'll get what? swallowed up at the point of attack on occasion. He's what? he's excellent from the backside. Burst and effort uh, has quicks and knife through on run slants. Reduced down. Um, didn't have as much success when he reduced down inside. So that giving you some negatives. Now I'm going to go down to the end. <laughs> Overall, hard to argue with this player's production and passion. Work ethic and leadership are outstanding. He's a little smaller, much faster version of Jarrett Johnson, who was with us in Baltimore that time. He'll see, he'll see the field very early in Baltimore. <laughs> so I gave you a top of the second round grade. All right, that's a nice grade. So you're going to be a starter. But I, see, I, did, I didn't withhold some of the negatives. There. No, it was so, cool. Okay. So I, where was I right? Where was I wrong? I think that you were wrong definitely against the run. Yeah. Um, I think I was pretty stout against the run. We had the number one run defense my senior year. and throughout. Do you, the, do you remember those games that I referenced? The Wisconsin, Wisconsin game? Notre Dame. Wisconsin, I think Notre I had Dame. two sacks in the Wisconsin game. Okay. And uh, we won that game. Had a few forced fumbles. Uh, the Notre Dame game, we beat them, I think, 47 to, like, 20. <laughs> he does and, remember and, and that, but th But that was <laughs> – see, that was an overall great effort by the team. And yeah. I think sometimes – when people look at you and they're and they're and they're, they're trying to compare you to somebody, looking at the stats, you know, they're not looking at the overall team on how you're playing your role, mm, do your you know, job, doing your job. And my job is not always to make plays; it's to free other people up. And and when you're going out there winning a game, that's that's the most important thing. And that year, Notre Dame was ranked to be like a national championship, and so we came in there and and beat them. You know, so that was a that was a great team effort. See, that's, that's that's always a hard it's always a hard deal because as a scout, it's subjective because we understand the team thing, but we're really trying to look at you and project how you fit into the bigger picture of what we're doing. And so now, when you look at the game and you look at some of these passers, because obviously you spent your time in Pittsburgh and some of those things had a lot of success. What are some of the traits that you look for in top pass rushers? I mean, some of the, most most people look at just being a pass rusher. But my thing is you're not pass rushing every play. 
and definitely in Pittsburgh when you're asked to play outside linebacker, that 3-4 defense is different than everybody else. So you have to know how to drop back in coverage and also be good against the run as well. So can you hold up against the run? So you're looking for a big, powerful outside linebacker that can not only pass rush but can hold up against the run. But then also when asked to drop back in coverage, can we trust this guy to cover a receiver, a tight end, a running back? Those are the things that you need to look for because most offenses look for that, that, that matchup. How do, we, how do we beat them? Or if we get them against this linebacker, we can throw the ball to him. But if that linebacker can cover, it's kind of hard to do that then. So I remember playing in Pittsburgh. Like, I had to cover. I was man-to-man. Walk out on number two. Yeah. Down the field. Yeah. You know, but I felt like when Pittsburgh moved me in that position, I had to have confidence in myself. So when I'm out there, I'm like, I'm the baddest covering outside linebacker ever. And if they come this way, I'm getting the pick. So that's just how I felt out there. I felt comfortable doing those things. I, wanted, I want you to know just how nice of a guy I am, Buck. I want to show you what jacket I had this morning, but I didn't. I didn't want to wear it with Lamar in here. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I wasn't on that team, so you, you didn't. You didn't take. You didn't but, take but it out of take State. L, yeah. I just, As a program, yeah, that hit me. I had to hear from it, but I was. State, I just though? left. I just left. Yeah. App State. Come on, man. Yeah. Come on, man. Don't sleep on it. Uh, anybody you see right now, you talking about? And and trust me, uh, be it working for teams inside that division to have to worry about both pass rushers mm-hmm. we had to deal with in Pittsburgh was a problem. Do you see anybody? You talk about being that complete guy. Now can get after the quarterback, can drop in coverage. Right now in the league, do you look at it and say, man, that dude? Uh, I would like to play with that dude. Pretty special. Uh, I because I, the one that comes to mind is Khalil Mack. The way you talk about being a complete player, they'll ask him to cover some. He'll rush. He'll play the run. He kind of does all that stuff. Von Miller, you know, he didn't have much responsibility in coverage. Right. But just that all-around player, does anybody come to you? I can't think of an all-around player. Mm. You know, a guy that I would love to play with was Joey Porter. You know, I just missed him by a year. But like I said, when you're playing that in that 3-4 Pittsburgh defense, it's totally different than all the other defenses. You know, you might be asked to cover, but you're just dropping in the flats. You're not – you're not going out there covering number two. Trailing anybody. Yeah, you're not You're not over there. Okay, here's two, three. You have to read between two and three because it might switch. Like, you know, they give you an easy responsibility. In Pittsburgh, it wasn't that easy. Like, you really knew how to, you had to cover. So, I would have to say a guy like Joey Porter, there's nobody now because now if we're, like, outside linebackers, they kind of – they're making it easy for them. Like, just go. Yeah. Just rush. Just rush. So, we was in coverage and we was going back there. Well, I want to ask you this because I think um, what I'm seeing this year is a phenomenon where – more teams are putting their best pass rusher at left defensive end or left outside linebacker to go against the right tackle as opposed to having them on the backside of the quarterback. When you played, was there any advantages to playing one side or the other? Did I've, you prefer I've, to play on one side? I've heard. We've talked about this before. He's got a good answer to this question. And, and this is the thing. I say it all the time because people try to discredit the left outside linebackers because they feel like the right tackle is weak. But the thing is, when a quarterback drops, who is he looking at? Oh, he sees you. Exactly. So now you have to beat the tackle, and you have to try to out, you try to fool the quarterback. So sometimes if you overrush, the quarterback steps What's in. Up? And if you go in, what do he do? Roll out. But the, on the other side, if you do those things, the quarterback usually he doesn't see. He doesn't feel you. You can come over the top because he's, he's blind side. Yeah, the yeah. blind side. He's he's looking right at you. But the other guy has plenty plenty of um, options to make different decisions. Where we like, okay, I'll try to beat him under. And then try to hurry up, and get back to the top to contain the quarterback. So responsibility is different on the left side. It, it, I told you had a good answer. I know he did have a good answer. down this it's, road. It's funny when we were in Carolina, we took Julius Peppers and we put him on the left side. And that was one of the things that John Fox had done. And maybe I think he got that from Chuck Noll and the Steelers mm-hmm. back in the day. And so we always viewed it where there's always been kind of that that fact that where the right tackle is inferior. But now that you bring up the point that the quarterback sees you, and also typically most teams are right-handed, so you always face the tight end mm-hmm. or there's another obstacle 
in your way before right. you get to quarterback. Sometimes it goes overlooked when you think about that. And passing. then that's the side they, they run to a lot as well is that left side. Yeah. So you have, to be, dominant yeah, side. you have to be strong against the run as well. So, I mean, most of the time doing a pass rush time, like I told, I used to tell people all the time, you know, I think that the left side is easy. I said, every time I'm rushing, I see the quarterback look right at me. <laughs> and as soon as I'm, I go over the top, he, he step up. If I go underneath, he rolls out that I gave up contain. Like, I have to make a crucial decision. So that that's why most of the time on the left side, the only thing you can do is bull rush. Yeah. And now the quarterback don't know if you're going to step inside or you're going to come over the top. So now you just have to make a quick decision by throwing the guy and getting the sack. All right, before we get to your show, which I'm fascinated to talk to you about, we have this thing we've been doing on here for a little while now. We and Scott, we talk about bad body, good player. Bad body, good. So, so it's a, it's a, it's a good player, but he doesn't necessarily come in the prettiest package. And I know I I know you played with some dudes that fit this category, but I've given you some leeway here <laughs> to make some nominations. We have our current existing roster, and I know you gave we have one name at a quarterback position you thought should be nominated currently, but then you also have some. We're going to create an all time team, so I want to see okay. what, what what contributions Lamar Willie can make to our squad here. All right. Um, Give me some nominations. I would have put myself on there. Oh, come on. I had a bad body. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to you. But let's go with, uh, I'll say Tom Brady. Tom Brady. Tom Brady. Tom Brady. Tom, Brady. Tom Brady. Tom Brady. Yeah, he's not the most muscular guy. You go back to that combine photo that got Yeah, that out. Yeah, that was a little bad, Tom. You know, you're a Michigan man, but I had to give it to Tom. <laughs> <laughs> a little friendly fire there. All right, now some some all timers, maybe guys you played with or against. Oh, let's say uh, Casey Hampton. Yeah, I knew. I knew Ooh, yeah, I knew Casey Hampton. He'd be a first ballot guy. But let me tell you about Hamp. Even though he had that big old stomach, the I guy has he had a strong core. He'd been there doing abs all day. Like it <laughs> was just buried. It was yeah. It was buried, buried underneath. Way, way yeah. up underneath. <laughs> underneath. <laughs> all right, Casey Hampton for the all timer. I like that one. All right, how about Jerome Bettis? Oh yeah, the bus, the bus. Yeah, bussy, bussy, bussy can go there. Yeah, I think I think look uh, on the all time list. I think these are two locks, don't you think? Oh, I think that a first first ballot. Like, go ahead and get them the jacket and the donut. Okay, anybody else? I have to give. I have to say, uh, Calais Campbell. Really? Okay. Yeah. Current nomination. Wow. <laughs> hey, Calais, you my boy, man. I had to give. This is, had to this, give now this Calais. is you spent some time. Though. So now, <laughs> see, this is the thing too. You can see what a guy looks like in a uniform. You can see what he look like out of uniform. That can yeah. All right, Calais Campbell has been officially nominated. We've got – so we might even give you the tying vote here, okay? Right. You look down at this list. Right. Vince Wilfork locked in as a starter. Oh, yeah, Vince, Vince is we've definitely got, locked got, in. He's on the starting team. That's yeah. easy. Yeah, so the guys in red on the list you've got in front of you, those have not been – they're pencil. They haven't been put in pen yet. So for that def- other defensive tackle spot, the nominations we have, Nick Fairley with those skinny little legs, uh, <laughs> Danny Shelton, who's got a little bit a little bit hanging around the, the, the midway, who, who's, who's played well for them. Brandon Meebane, great player. But not the prettiest body. You're so right. Sawed off, and now you just thrown Calais Campbell. So those are kind of the nominations we have for that spot. You do you care to name a winner? Uh, it's between me, Bain, and uh, Nick Fairley. Ah, oh, man, it's tough. I'm gonna give it to me, Bain. Okay, yeah, I'm gonna yeah. give it to him. All right, guys, we can put him in pen. We can, we can put me, Bain in. Me, Bain is in the hole. Lock him in. All right, he's in. All right, that's that's excellent contribution by you to our list here. <laughs> Mar, tell us about this show you've got coming up. It's uh, it's airing Tuesday, 8 p.m. Eastern, only on NFL Network. Tackle My Ride. I think I have an idea of what it's about. Why don't you explain it? Yeah, Tackle My Ride is uh, what we do. It we we went around and uh, we worked with teams across the NFL, six different teams, because uh, we uh, recorded six episodes. Uh, me and James Torres, and what we did was we went around and the teams and the players decided that ultimate fan of that team. But not just the ultimate fan, but a fan who does great community service work. 
okay. that's doing great stuff in the community, giving back, that need their car restored. Uh, so we, what we did is we went up to their homes and we surprised them, let them know that we were there to tackle their ride and that they were chosen by the team and that player. You know, and because not only because of you're the ultimate fan, but you're doing great things in the community and we want you to be recognized for that. And we want to make sure that your ride can continue to be, you know, restored and also be able to help you continue to do your job. Uh, so that was one of the things that we did with, with Tackle My Ride. But the, I think the best thing about the whole uh, the whole show is that we had a chance to uh, dig into the, the fans' life and go inside their homes and see how much of a fan they were. And then me being an athlete, like this was my first time, like really spending time with a fan. And I'm like, man, I, I appreciate the fans more and more because, the you know, as a fan, I'm diehard. One, one guy we went inside his home. His whole entire house, when I say everything, <laughs> everything was that team. The whole entire house, inside to out, was that team. And just dedicated fan. And they're spending time at the hospital, uh, giving back, um, raising tens of thousands of dollars. We had a one young guy who, who who gave money out of his pocket to make sure that his football team traveled to Florida to make sure that they competed in the uh, in the Pop Warner football championship down there. So it wow. was just learning more and more. It was the backstories that I really appreciated because they, they were taking time and money out their pocket to give back to make sure other people was happy. And that's why we wanted to make sure that their ride was taken care of and wanted to make sure that it was reliable so they can continue to do that. And speaking of, you know, cars, have you always had an interest in cars and restoration and, and, and those kind of things? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I like to, you know, in my, in my cars, like I have a 1970 Chevelle, and I like to keep it original. Like, I like everything to look original on there. Only car that's not original, I bought it from Ike Taylor. Uh, I was going to say, I was going to bring Ike's Ike name. <laughs> I bought a 1986 SS Marty Carlos from Ike, and he kind of tricked the whole thing out. And at first, I liked it, but I was like, man, I got I to gotta change things up. It's, just, it's too fancy. Ike just, he went over the top with it. <laughs> over the top. He went over the top. That's good stuff. No, that's beautiful. Can you give us one hint on uh, maybe some, some un- something unique you put in one of these cars? Oh, man. Something a little different, maybe maybe uh, not standard issue. You know, we didn't w- with the cars. We didn't go over the top mm-hmm. because we wanted the car to be functional. We didn't want to put a fish tank in there or <laughs> anything crazy. You know, like we want to make sure that the car was actually functional that they can use on a day to day. And not one of those cars like, man, I can't drive this car every day because it's just too fancy. But a car that they can actually drive every day. Uh, so I think with the with the Mustang. Uh, we really took care of that car. It was like, <laughs> right, the nice. Mustang it was it was, a, it was it was a little bit different, but we actually you know put the engine in there, new transmission, everything, new wiring in there. Cause how long did it take you guys to to execute to pull it off? Well, you know James and his his kids, cause cause James Torres, I mean he has his shop uh, demented in um, New Mexico, Hobbs, New Mexico, and him and his younger kids they worked hard to get six cars done. Probably had a total of maybe eight to ten weeks to get wow. six cars done. And wow. That's they did around. a great job. And see, I was a director, so I didn't really show up at the shop. You just kind of – It was too hot down there, man. I told James <laughs> – I came down to James' shop. I said, James, it's too hot here. You have one fan blowing, and it's 100 degrees. I'm going back to Michigan. <laughs> By the way, we think about these cars and think about professional athletes, Buck. When I, when I first got hired in Baltimore, right, we were making, I won't say, not much. Peanuts. Peanuts. So my wife was pregnant at home, wasn't working, so – it, we were pinching pennies. I would pull my 94 Accord Ooh. with the window that did not roll up. Yeah. It was, like, stuck halfway. I think I bought it for 1500 bucks. 
and I would pull into the parking lot and I'd try and find the most obnoxious player car that I could. Pull, pull, pull that right thing, beside pull it, right in there. I think Jamal had a. Bu- <laughs> I think Jamal had like a bus. Jamal Lewis had like a bus or something at bus. that point in time. It was just wow. Wow. It, it, the park, the player parking lot. You've seen some. You've seen some big time cars. You know, in, in Pittsburgh, in the players' parking lot, it wasn't. It wasn't fancy. It it wasn't fancy. Got a little more blue collar. Yeah, it was more blue collar. It wasn't anything fancy. Like everybody. Ike. Just, no, Come Ike on. wasn't really. Come on. No, you know what? Ike wasn't really that fancy. Ike. Every car he usually drove was just all blacked out. But it was <laughs> like he he might have had like a like a a truck that was just blacked out. It wasn't like all like crazy anything like that. But Ike was he was kind of calm. That's beautiful. Yeah. I think Jamal was actually like he was like a big rig. It wasn't a bus. It was like he had like his own little. He ended up buying a bunch of big rigs after that. He had like a trucking <laughs> business. Anyways, I used to park my little car in there. Uh, Ike, tackle my ride. Uh, not Ike. Ike, tackle <laughs> my ride. Ike's not going to be on this show. Lamar Woodley will be. Premieres Tuesday, 8 p.m. Eastern on NFL Network. Lamar, I appreciate you, man. I uh, appreciate you all having me, man. Appreciate that. All right. Thank you, man. I know you got a busy schedule. Yeah, I'm going to get out of here. Right, I appreciate bro. that uh, scout report that was wrong. <laughs> Hey, when did you get picked? Second round, forty-six. What round? What kind of grade? I give you top of the second round. Oh, that's, grade. that's right there. Yeah, that's where. Forty-six. I went forty-eight. So he's right. Hey, in let there. me say, every guy that went before me, you know, you always keep track of it. Yeah. Let's just say they y'all played them all. Let's say y'all played them all. Let's, them all. Let's say the numbers don't match mine. <laughs> we just say that. Uh, beautiful. <laughs> all right, well, take care, man. All right, Bucky, we got some uh, quick. Let's get into some NFL games, and we'll get to these college picks. Here, you ready? Yeah, let's do it. Let's, let's, do, it. let's do it. Let's, let's do draft it. our NFL games. We want to see the most. Um, I'm gonna let you have the first pick. First today. pick, I'll tell you what. First pick for me, I'm gonna go. I mean, look, Patriots Seahawks was a great Super Bowl. I look forward to the rematch there. Tom Brady has not turned the ball over. My question to you: Does that streak continue? I think he has a turnover in this one. I think when you look at even going back to that Super Bowl where he had a turnover. The Seattle Seahawks' defensive premise is to force quarterbacks to take the check down, to settle for the underneath throws, and they're going to test the discipline of the quarterback. Can he stay committed to taking the five-yard route and do it over and over again? We saw even in the Super Bowl the fact that he was able to lead them back and win the game. He still had a turnover, maybe two, in that game. I think he gives the Seattle Seahawks a turnover. I th- I still think this is a nice game to watch. Uh, Angela Stadium, I'm going to go with the Patriots. But I believe Tom is – I'm just not going to light it up like we've seen him light up some of the other teams. All right. Well, look, I, I, we'll see My, Michael Bennett. That's a big one. Take yeah, not having, not having Michael Bennett certainly hurts them, but they do have some no-name guys that can get it done up front. Cliff Averill is a guy who is I love very, very productive, productive for him. Frank Clark is another guy that I think you have to keep an eye on because he can be productive off the edge. But a lot of this will really um, hinge on how their linebackers match up with the tight ends on the outside. What do they do to take care of Martellus Bennett and Rob Gronkowski? Do they play more man-to-man where we can see that the linebackers outside and Tom can take advantage of some of those matchups? Or do they play their traditional zone? Seattle doesn't do a lot of tricks and gimmicks. You kind of know what they're in. How will they attack them? All right, that's going to be a good one. All right, that's my first pick here. What do you got next? Man, this is tough, but I'm going to go with America's team versus their arch rival from years and years ago, the Dallas Cowboys and the Pittsburgh Steelers. This is a must-win for the Pittsburgh Steelers. They've kind of been on a snide. They can't get out of their own way. They, they've lost some games that we would think that a team that should have been an AFC contender shouldn't lose. And then with the Dallas Cowboys come time, Dak Prescott, Ezekiel Elliott, uh, Dez Bryant, we've debated on NFL Now about which team has the best trio. How does Dak Prescott handle playing against a Pittsburgh defense that can throw some things at them, and how does he handle it on the road? Yeah, look, it's, it's a challenge for them, but I think the Cowboys, man, I – 
Going into Green Bay. Going into Green Bay. All in on the Cowboys you are. Yeah, I mean, I just think right now what they're doing, there's no – I mean, I hate to say there's no pressure on Dak Prescott. But, but the way, not, but the way they're pressure. running the ball and the way they're protecting him, man, it's just – he's just carving people up. And I, this, this Steelers team, offensively for me, I don't know what you think, but I watched Lev Bell last week. I, I thought he lost a little juice. You know, I think the thing with Lev is Lev has never been an explosive guy. He has always kind of killed people with his patience and his vision. He's just a crafty runner, and he doesn't have the ability to explode. In this game, which I think is a statement game for Pittsburgh, I respect them to kind of kind of load up the gun to go after the Cowboys, particularly on uh, offense. They have to find a way to attack the defense, and if Mo Claiborne isn't available, they got to find a way to get Antonio Brown loose and going. So – I believe because it's a must-win game, I'm going to go with the Steelers. But the Cowboys win this one, man. I think that puts them really in the driver's seat in the NFC. All right, next pick for me. Uh, look, Falcons-Eagles is fascinating to me. The Eagles are a little bit of a slump right now. I know uh, you know Carson Wentz is taking some heat. I think he played quite as bad at a couple bad throws last week. At the end of the game, I'd like to see him just give Matthews a chance. Mm-hmm. But uh, Falcons team that has been rolling, you know, I think the Falcons, their formula is pretty simple. If they can protect Matt Ryan long enough for him to take shots down the field, they're going to generate points. Now, to me, the, the matchup in this game, Eagles defensive line, Falcons offensive line will completely decide the game. If they can protect Matt Ryan, he will carve them up on the back end. If they can't, the Eagles have a chance to win the game. Uh, you know, I struggle which way to go in this one. Um, again, I think that is the the key matchup, though. Can Brandon Graham and company get after Matt Ryan? If they can, it'll be a long day. Well, you know, I'm all in on the Atlanta Falcons. I've been on them early after watching their offense the first couple weeks of the season. I believe they give uh, defensive coordinators a lot of problems with the way they attack you. They have a two-headed monster in Tevin Coleman and Devontae Freeman. And even though Coleman may not play, Freeman is a guy that can give you problems between the tackles. And then outside, they have a number of weapons that can get it done. I know Julio Jones is a guy that is the focal point, but Bahamas Sanu has been a nice find. They're tied in. Austin Hooper has also been a good find. And then on defense, they're playing better defense than people can imagine. Vic Beasley has emerged seven and a half Seven sacks. and a half. How about that? He has finally given them the pass rushing production that they needed. I'm going to go with the Falcons getting another win on the road. It's time to really consider them a team that has a, a, a legitimate chance of being a team that can make some hay in the playoffs. All right, who you got for the next game, Buck? I'm going to go with a game that is off the radar, but how about the Denver Broncos and New Orleans Saints? I'm fascinated by this game because the New Orleans Saints have gotten back um, to being a balanced offense. The last two weeks, they've really run the ball successfully. I want to say they're averaging 185 yards on the ground the last two weeks, most in the National Football League. Um, Tim Hightower, Mark Ingram running the ball. And the thing that teams, well, I would say fans can keep an eye on, look at how many times the New Orleans Saints are running these six offensive line sets. So rather than have a tight end in, they're a lot of teams extra, doing this now. Yeah, bringing a third tackle, offensive line lineman in, and they're pushing it, positioning there. I want to say 45 percent of the time they're running with a six man offensive line. That has given them a lot of uh, opportunities to pound the football, and they're alleviating some of the pressure on Drew Brees to have to throw the ball all over the yard. Yeah, I mean, th- there's a lot of teams. I think Tampa have seen them do that a bunch so far this year. Yeah, because you can't find tight ends. So so even as we're looking at the college game, you can't find a complete tight end that can block and run routes and do those things. So rather than ask someone to do something that they can't do, go and get an offensive tackle, put them in there, and create opportunities for those guys to always do what they do best. And we've seen teams go unbalanced before where they'll basically just swap the tight end and the tackle. Yep. But that's just with two tackles. Now you're seeing teams put three tackles next, tackle, tackle, tackle. 
and run that side. You've got you got some of your bigger, better athletes lined up over there, and you just kind of you kind of just give up on one side of the field. It's working. I've seen several teams do it. Several teams have done it. They're doing it successfully. And when you look at the Broncos, their biggest uh, Achilles heel has been their inability sometimes to stop the sledgehammer yeah. right at them. The New Orleans Saints' best opportunity to win this game is to run it right at the Denver Broncos and see if they can stand up. Uh, plus, catch me, Mike. Mike Thomas is doing. Yeah, no, he's doing work. Outside. He's he's. And by the way, he he let. No, he's us letting us know, know too. Let us all know before the, before the draft that uh, he was going to do it. So hats off to him. All right, my last pick for my top three here. I'm gonna go Dolphins Chargers. And to That's me, a good one. you got a couple good running backs. We have a video out there. You can check that out uh, later. It'll be up on YouTube. But. Um, J.H.I.E. and this offensive line have gotten rolling. We talk about it all the time with the trucks and the trailers, right? You've got the yep. quarterbacks that can pull others, and you've got the quarterbacks that can get pulled by others around them. That's that's what we've established Ryan Tannehill is. So the way they get their run game, they take some of that pressure off him. The other thing it's doing, you get your run game cranked up, it shortens the game. Shortens the game. Keeps, your, keeps your team fresh. One thing I had heard that is fascinating to me, you know Miami has a new stadium, right? They've, they've reaped yep. their stadium. They uh, – they are shaded on their side of the field, and that Miami Heat just beats, Beat, down, beats down on, on the, the other, other side. So, if you look at a lot of their games, you've seen their opponents in the wear fourth down. quarter. They wear down. They're running the ball. It's hot. The sun's in their face all day long. I mean, that's not that's legit. That's a legitimate yes. thing. Zaps their energy, but they. I don't think they've been out of the state of Florida maybe in a month. So this is a road game. I know they're going to stay out here in Southern California for a while because they come right back and play the Rams. So. On the road, can they beat down and wear down this Chargers defense with a defensive front that's been playing really, really well? You know, it's tough. Um, this is a nice game. Two teams that I think are trending upward. You talked about J.H.I. giving the Miami Dolphins an identity, allowing Ryan Tannehill to settle back into his role as a trailer. For the Chargers, the biggest thing that I've seen from there offensively, Melvin Gordon has emerged as a legitimate force in the backfield. And because they're able to run the ball with balance and dictate the terms, uh, he had 30 carries, I want to say, the last game, uh, 198 yards. He is becoming a guy that teams are having to drop an extra defender in the box. And so when Phillip Rivers is now dropping back the pass, he's seeing one-on-one on the outside. Those young, unheralded receivers are beginning to make Tyrell plays. Williams. How about Dontre? Dennis in research, by the way, likes to call him Tyrell Moss. He wants to just drop it on him right now. <laughs> Dennis, I so he gets if he gets you a buck fifty on on NFL Game Day Live when we're rolling the highlights, I will drop the the, the Tyrell Moss. I'm not doing it. He's got to get one fifty for me. I mean, the, the way they're playing, they're doing really, really nice things on defense. I like what they've done up front with Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram. You put it out on video about how these guys are working in tandem, working in concert. This is a huge game for the Chargers. I think the Chargers get this win, and if they get this win. They can't necessarily get back to the top of the AFC West, but they certainly can be in the conversation as a wild card team. All right, what's your last pick here, Buck? My last pick, I'm going out on a limb. How about the Carolina Panthers and the Kansas City Chiefs? The Carolina Panthers had a big win. They're beginning to get the momentum going. What I've seen from them of late, that defense is beginning to get back to the identity that we saw a year ago. Better zone, better coverage, more discipline. The turnovers. line guys are beginning to get after the quarterback. The turnovers are beginning to come in droves. From an offensive standpoint, Jonathan Stewart coming back has given them some balance on offense. Cam doesn't have to do everything, and they're finding a way to get some explosive plays in the passing game. Kansas City is just a really good team. And the stat that I've discovered in the last four games since their bye week, they haven't turned the ball over. And so when you don't turn the ball over, you can win more than your fair share of games. I want to say the winning rate is if you're plus one in the turnover battle, it's at 64%. And so as long as the Chiefs play winning football by not giving the ball over, not turning the ball over, they're going to win games. I'm going to say Kansas City goes on the road and gets a dub in Charlotte. All right, we gotta, uh, we're got we going to jump over and change gears to these college teams, Buck. 
But, you know, I was thinking with uh, with Woodley here, it was a classic case of, you know how people tell you, it's like if if you're dating, right? Tell me what you think of this dress. Like, yeah. no, you don't want to know. You got to give him the yeah. nice stuff. No, he, he said, hey, I'm just going to say the nice stuff. No, 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 no. I want to know the negative stuff. No, you don't. You didn't want to hear that. You did not want to hear that. You did not want to hear that. That was exactly what that was, that uh, flashback there. Anytime, by the way, any guys out there, if you don't know, yeah, you look great. That's the uh, that's the answer. <laughs> any question about any outfit, uh, that, that's what you do there. All right, jumping to uh, some college picks here, Buck. I, I mean, let's just call a spade a spade here. My college picks suck. I'm in last place. I've now I've now changed my goals. It's all about goal setting. Um, just wanted to win, wanted to win the whole thing. Now it's like you know they say if you if you're in a pack of people and you get you encounter a bear, you don't need to be faster than everybody. You just need to be faster than one. That's right. Don't be the last I'm, one. I'm trying to catch you. <laughs> That's what I'm trying to do. I'm just and trying I've to catch just you. fallen off the mark. Like uh, you're coming like, back to me a little bit. I'm not like, coming up to you. You're coming back to me. I like to go bold and bodacious. I try to I try to stay away from the norm. And so that's why in this first pick, I know every everyone is all over the Washington Huskies. Everyone feels like they are just coming. They got all those number four guys. in the country. They are up there. They're, they they're ranked college football playoff, and I think it could all come to a crashing halt this weekend. You're gonna SC, do it. Yeah, yeah. I think SC is primed and ready to make a statement game. This could be a huge game for Helton. It's a two-pointer. USC number 20 at number four, Washington. Kent went USC. Sully went Washington. They're smashing us in these picks, Buck. You're going to go bold and go with the Trojans. I'm going to go with huh? the Trojans. I'm going to fight on for a week. <laughs> that's, uh, that's, uh, that's a bold one. I'm going to go ahead and, and go with you. <laughs> I'm going look, bold. At that. I, I, look, I was at that game last year. And uh, USC ran the ball. If they would have stuck with it, I thought they would have won that game at home. Of course, Sarkeesians up getting fired right after that week. Uh, I think you look at some of the injuries for both teams could be a factor. No Mathis, big-time pass rusher for Washington. He's out for the rest of the regular season. USC's a little bit beat up. Their big nose tackle, Tui Kolavatu, is a little bit nicked. Nice. You've been they practicing can, they that. They can get him healthy, uh, get him out there. I like the Trojans in this one. All right, that's a two-point game. Next, we got Baylor at Oklahoma. Um, Boomer Kent, Center. Kent, Oklahoma, Sully, Oklahoma. I mean, I, I'm not, I can't pick Baylor. I'm going Oklahoma. All right, here we go. That's West, that's West Virginia at Texas. Whew. All right, Kent, West Virginia, Sully, West Virginia. I'm going Texas, Bucky. I think Texas at home, they get on a little bit of a roll here with Charlie Schoen. Man, I'm right with you. I'm going with Texas. Uh, their running back, Foreman, has been outstanding. I'm going to go with him. All right, what, uh, what, what's the next game? Here we go, Pittsburgh at Clemson. Pitt, Clemson. Man, uh, this is one of those ones. Clemson. I don't know if you know exactly what you're going to get from them week in and week out, but you're starting to see them trying to take that step forward. That NC State game still in the back of my head. I'm trying to get that out. I think Pitt can keep this competitive, but uh, I'm with Sully and Kent who went Clemson. I'm going Clemson at home. I'm going to go to Tigers. Um, Speaking of Tigers, how about the Auburn Tigers going down to Georgia in between the hedges? Kent goes Auburn. Sully goes Auburn. Bucky Brooks goes Auburn. Who say you? I mean, there's not much time here. Auburn, I think they run the ball down their throats. I know they're a little bit dinged up, but I like Auburn in that one. What we got next? Texas Tech at Oklahoma State. Kent and Sully are Oklahoma State. Uh, Bucky's going to go Oklahoma State. DJ. That's a clean sweep for me. Oklahoma State, I've gone against them a couple times this year and hasn't worked out so well for me. At home, I'll, I'll go with Oklahoma State. Ooh, big one. Boy, this is like the this, this is like the five-star matchup of the week. Appy oh, State. How is this not the two-point game? Appy State at Troy. I just discovered that one of my high school teammates' son is a defensive end at App State. Oh, now we're talking. Give me a name. Caleb Fuller. Yeah, I don't know him, but I, go Caleb. Huh? How about that? <laughs> How about like that? that? So, so now that I have a connection, I, I feel 
I feel a little more emboldened to go App State. So I'm going to go App State, agreeing with Sully and Kent. Uh, I mean, I kind of know Homer's where the heart is. I've, uh, I've picked App State against Tennessee. Didn't work out for me. Should have worked out for me. Blew it. I picked App State against Miami. It really didn't work out for me. We got smashed. This game, there's some – It's a redemption game. For there's me. some people that, uh, that keep an eye on these things that say this is a dead-even matchup. So you can't pick against y'all. But you got to remember now. I, I went to App State. We played Troy. We were both one double A. We played them in the playoffs, Buck, and uh, it was at Troy, as this game will be at Troy. You know what I did that game, Buck? You probably had four hundred and four hundred. I didn't play, but uh, <laughs> if 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 I would have got in there that game, I promise you, I would have been ready to roll. We did beat them. We beat them in the playoff game that year. I was uh, I'd been benched previously, but uh, uh, no. We so they've won there before. Scott Satterfield, the head coach at App, was on that staff. He's familiar with this place. Um, I think App gets a win on the road. That's a big one, though. Stu Holt, another one of my college teammates, is running back coach there at App State. How about he's that? done it. We follow each other on Twitter. I didn't know that. How about that? Uh, all right. What's the next game, Buck? LSU at Arkansas. So the Tigers have to go this down. This is the, the toughest one for me to pick. Who pick Suey? Who we got? What do we else go with here? Kent goes Arkansas. Sully goes LSU. Bucky Brooks is going to go LSU. Yeah, here's the thing. I think LSU could be a little bit flat coming. I was at that game last week. LSU Alabama, very emotional. I think Arkansas could run the ball on them a little bit. They will run the ball. But I just keep coming back to Arkansas and that whooping that uh, Auburn put on them, and I think Leonard Fournette and company, they get cranked up after a slow week last week on the ground against Alabama. I like LSU in that one. Who's okay. next? What we got? Okay, here we go. Minnesota, the Golden Gophers, go on the road and take on Nebraska. Kent and Sully are down with Nebraska. I'm also going with Nebraska. Yeah, look, I like Nebraska in this game. I'll be honest with you, sometimes we need to be a little more open and honest. You know how many Minnesota games I've watched this year? Zero. Zero. So I'm going to go with Nebraska on that one. The final game, Bucky, we have another Big Ten matchup, huh? How we go? Michigan and Iowa. Let's go Michigan. Pink, pink, Michigan, pink Michigan. Uh, locker room. Pink locker room, Buck. Iowa, pink locker room. I know. Hayden Fry, that was his old thing. Yeah, I don't. I no, I don't think it works. I'm going to go with uh, go blue in this one. So, Michigan, because I desperately want to see Michigan and Ohio State go when they have big implications. Yeah, I think you're going to see Harbaugh start to kind of ramp this thing up a little bit. I, I will say an interesting thing about Michigan. I was talking to a scouting buddy the other day, and he said if Michigan and Alabama get uh, put against each other in this playoff, he said, that it is, he said, I'm not making this up. He said, trust me, it will be like a 9-6 to six game. Oh, I can so believe for it. For everybody to talk about Alabama's defense, and they are loaded, this Michigan defense doesn't really have a weak spot. They're, they're very complete. They do a nice job scheme-wise and uh, execution-wise, and they think that you know Alabama offensively, who didn't do a whole heck of a lot against LSU, that Michigan's a lot better defensively, complete defense-wise than LSU. That could be a really low-scoring game. Could be a real low-scoring game. I do hope for our sake, from an entertainment standpoint, the Final Four in playoffs, I hope they match up the contrasting styles. Last year they had similar on similar yeah, yeah. Michigan State, Clemson and Alabama, Oklahoma, Clemson, Oklahoma. I would like to see that mixed up a little bit. Let's see what is that take on a physical team. Um, I mean, it would be uh, Alabama and Clemson maybe in one end, and then let's see Michigan and Washington in the other end. Some something like that. Let's mix up. Let's see the styles. Uh, if Washington whatever. loses this game, that me and you both picked them to lose, they ain't gonna they aren't gonna be in that game. Louisville oh, Louisville will jump them, don't you think? Ooh, how exciting would that be to see Lamar Jackson? I want. I'm so. I mean, I I, I kind of would like to see Lamar That's Jackson. That's what I want to see it too. Alabama. We're West Coast. Look, we live out here on the West Coast. We follow the Pac-12 as much as anybody. Chris Peterson is a great coach. They have a, they've done a great program there. But if I have a choice just for my preference, what do I want, a one-loss Washington team or a one-loss Louisville team? Ooh, I want to see Lamar I want to Jackson. see Lamar Jackson myself. I want to see, Lamar that's, I want to that's, see that as well. All right, that's going to do it for us. Bucky, do we make up any ground this week, you think? Uh, I don't know because I always forget on Saturday who I picked. Oh, I unfortunately end up going back and reading the email and go, Eesh. 
Not good. Well, hey, look, that was a fun episode today. We got some NFL games previewed. We got some college games previewed. Got some bad bodies on the team. Got some new bad body additions. Look, Tom Brady has been has been nominated by Lamar Woodley. Lamar Woodley's got a new show again. If you didn't catch it earlier, Tackle My Ride premieres Tuesday, 8 Eastern on NFL Network. Check that out. Good dude, but trust me, don't ever ask anybody if you want to hear the negatives. You don't. No. We don't want to hear the negatives. Uh, all the positives. Uh, anyways, that's going to do it for us today on Move the Sticks. I'm DJ. He's Bucky. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching on Periscope. Got some good numbers on there today. And uh, be sure to download the podcast. Leave us some comments at the end. If you could, go to iTunes and drop us in a little rating and a little comment. That does help us out. All right, Buck. We will, uh, we'll be back next week. A lot of good football to talk about. See you later. Thanks for downloading Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. For more, go to NFL.com slash podcasts. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org.